She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the book bestie. Bitches, read your porn. We don't even get octopus foreplay. They don't have opposable thumbs. She's not fucking Taylor Swift. He's fucking Taylor Swift. Like, I was trying to think of an octopusologist. Like, that's not a thing, right? Why are we not ruled by octopi overlords, then? Washington State's the perfect place for a vampire. This is a significant waste of time. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> we didn't do a trigger warning, guys. And we definitely should have. We're going to be talking about suicide here. Mm-hmm. I'm truly sorry. From here on out, trigger warning, guys. I'm sounding better-ish. You sound like shit still. I'm fine. Everything's fine, Cap. Everything's shiny. Nothing to fret. It's just because the weather just sucks right now. Well, and I had that scoping. So, like. That's right. I forgot about that. How are you guys doing? Good. I want to talk to you about a book that I need written for all of the rom-com authors out there. Okay. Should I be taking notes? You don't write rom-com. I could. I don't want you to because you wrote three scenes and then no. You're mad at me still? I want a rom-com writer. Allie Hazel would be a great example. Okay. To take what is happening with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and make it a motherfucking book. Oh my God. I am. I need to read that story. I've been thinking about this actually. I've been thinking about this for a good long while. And imagine this kind of story set in the 80s with a girl rocker who is a hair metalist, like somebody like in Blondie or Debbie Harry, you know what I mean? And then you take a punk, but okay. Not my point. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) And then you take like a famous footballer, famous baseball player, and you turned it into this media circus and it would just. No, I want it to be their story. Oh, it has to be ta- Taylor and Travis specifically. I want it to be Taylor and Travis, but we can change their names. Okay. Okay. But I need it to be set today. I need it to be their publicist. Wait a minute. I think I have read that book. <laughs> Start over. What book? <laughs> I have read that book. Which book? <laughs> um so hang on <laughs> so Sarah about adams, a publicist <laughs> sarah adams wrote a book called the cheat sheet and yes. it 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 kind of has the vibes that i'm going for here but sarah adams writes uh, uh closed door fade to black yeah. so i don't want her to write it i don't want her to write it but this i do like sarah, so no offense or anything i want the story of taylor swift the icon of this generation oh my god um, that woman the everything that she is the mastermind mm-hmm. that she is coming off of a breakup and her publicist going hey this guy is talking about you on his podcast with his brother he's a football player in the nfl i think you should meet him and you guys can fake date and it'll help you get over the publicity hump yeah. of another failed relationship right and then 
And then I need it to go to progress to the point where they have that Peta and Katniss moment where he's like, I didn't think it was all for pretend. Yeah. And, and then she's like, well, you know, we can come back to our regular lives. And then I need it to end with the scene where he bursts in the room and he's like, where is my girlfriend? Or they could get married in Vegas and they could be, where is my wife? I don't care. But I yeah. need this story that they are living out right now to be a book. I need to read it. It's good. It's just karma is the guy on the Chiefs coming to my house, come to my house to me. like Directly. She made it very clear that Travis goes straight home to her. To her. And- and you know very like, well that was a hit. That was city, and then he comes to her house in New York. Like, is that what we're saying? They're celebrating after his games at her house. But no, that's the thing. Like, she's there. He's and when he's there, she's there. When she's gone, he's gone. Like, he had a bye week this week. Well, okay, he so went to fucking Argentina on Sunday, the day after this whole happened. All happened, and uh. Argentina and it, on his bye week instead of taking time to like rest, rest go see or, family or spend time with his brother and his kids his brother play he charters a plane no it was her that chartered the plane because oh he's God. he's been on their private plane dossier since they started dating he's watching the show with her dad Who's wearing a Chiefs lanyard, by the way? Who and then she runs a Chiefs fan. Jumps up because she's she's small girl. She's small, small girl. girl. And jumps up and wraps herself around him and kisses him. Oh, she. But I am just the joy oh. this brings me. The joy this brings me because that girl deserves happiness. I for all the men. Think, I actually think Molly, this is going to be the one for her. I think so too because it's finally an equal partnership. Yeah. That is all Taylor has been. I mean, we're talking. Okay. We talk about book characters like they're real. We talk about celebrities like they're real. To us. They mean they are real, but in our real life. She's she's real, but you know what I mean? Like they're our friends. We talk about them like, it's fine. But listen, she is just, there is a smile that is so genuine when she looks at him. There is a smile that's so genuine when he looks at her. It's the way Matt looks at me, like, oh my God, this girl is super annoying, but I fucking cannot believe she's mine. You know he, what I mean? He wanted to give Ugh. her his number on a bracelet. It's which so is like, well, and he's been talking about her. Vibe. Like, it's such a normal thing to do to give you telling me you had to give Taylor Swift your phone number on a bracelet. You couldn't call your publicist and be like, can you call her people? He wanted to do it normally. Like, he wanted to be a normal person. And that's it. That's all Taylor wants. She wants to be a normal person. Yeah, she's fucking Taylor Swift, but she still wants to have a normal life. She's not fucking Taylor Swift. He's She is Taylor fucking Swift. Taylor Swift. She is the fucking Taylor Swift. Travis is fucking Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I want this book. I need this book in my life. Oh, my God. Whoever reads it, if... They get it through publishing and edits before the new year and before, like, before they get married. Like, it would just, it'd be royal we. It's royal we after Kate and fucking Will. Yeah. So, uh, Ali Hazelwood wrote, you know, Adam Carlson and Olive after, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Ray, yeah. um, 
and Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. So I want her to write this, but I want it to be filthy, filthy, like a Tessa Bailey. Mm. I need this in my life. <laughs> well, Who do I need to call to make this happen? <laughs> your request has been sent into the universe. It is on this jolly pod. Thank us in the comments when you write it, folks. I mean, they're happy. That's fucking amazing. It's cute. It's It's so cute. They're happy. They're just two kids from little towns who ended up becoming famous. Mm -hmm. And now they just want to find other people that are like them, that are somehow magically famous. And on a related note, Travis Kelsey's brother. Jason. Right, Jason, who plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. Who is hilarious. I find him. Just named one of people's sexiest men alive and was quoted as saying, I'm not even the sexiest man in my family. family. (laughs) Have you watched the Amazon thing? Have you watched it? I have not. I have not. He is. Jason is so funny. And his wife, okay, field hockey players. You remember field hockey players in high school? Uh, we didn't have field hockey at my school. Okay, so field hockey players are like somewhere between volleyball and soccer girls, right? That they're a little aggressive, but they don't fucking care, and and they don't think about their clothes the way the well. Anyways, it doesn't fucking matter. But he married a field hockey girl, so mm-hmm. she is just like this chill athlete, mm-hmm. and who's now a stay at home mom, mm-hmm. and like she grew up in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. She like, she grew up in Philly. She knows the area, and like. When he invited her out on Tinder, she goes, no, this isn't really him. And she, he goes, yeah, I'm going to be at this bar. My friend rented out. Come, bring your friends. I don't fucking care. And that's how they met. I just assumed they met in college. Which, no. do, you, do you know where those brothers went to college? They went in Ohio, didn't they? They did. The University of Cincinnati in Ohio. They went to All Ohio. Because right. okay. they're from Ohio, okay. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, there's this guy who's a uh, like social media guy. His, mm-hmm. his uh, handle is Sir Yacht, and he's like a Cleveland local guy. Yeah. Anyway, he posted a picture of both of them in college in their Cincinnati uniforms and said, one of these guys is dating Taylor Swift, and the other one was just shortlisted for sexiest man in the year. So we can really all be anything we want to be because they look <laughs> real busted in the picture. I mean, there's a video. Uh, there's a video that's circulating on TikTok now of it's of travis and he's got that 90s that 80s the early 2000s hair where we remember when the guys just stuck their hair straight up and it was curled and like and they're like doing this interview and they're like asking him his celebrity crushes and he's going through and taylor swift was the first person he named he has had a crush on this woman probably since teardrops on my guitar listen taylor swift is everybody's celebrity crush Men want her. Women want her. Straight women like me want her. Like she's. I just want to be in her circle, man. I just, I just, I want to hear it. the gossip. I want to like, be a part. I want to be a part of her tribe so bad. I want to be in the inner circle. No, stop it. Okay, I want to hear so, hear all so, the dirty gossip. <laughs> that's enough of that. I just you needed gotta- to get that off my chest because I need this book. I mean, we all do. We all do. Do you want to talk about this week's book? 
Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, we should. This week we are talking about remarkably bright creatures. And that is by, oh my God, I didn't write it down at the top. Shelby Van Pelt. Shelby, Shelby Van, Van Pelt. Van Pelt. Van. V-A-N. Van Pelt. Yes. <laughs> How about a synopsis? Remarkably Bright Creatures is a story of three strangers who met at Sewell Bay Aquarium in Washington State. Tova, a recently widowed mother who has lost her son tragically after senior year of high school in 1989, she is trying to figure out her next steps in life when, she, when her estranged brother passes. Cameron, a 30-year-old musician whose band is breaking up, his girlfriend has dumped him and kicked him out of their place. Life has never really come together for Cameron, so he decides to search for his father, who he's never met. Cameron's life is full of people moving forward. His best friends are about to have a baby. His aunt, who is fully enjoying a retirement, and his new ex-girlfriend has blocked him. He has decided to try to find who he thinks he is. I forget the dad's name, last name Briggs. And Marcellus, a mischievous, brilliant, and somehow pretentious octopus who is nearly, who is nearing his its last days. Choices have to be made by all three that affect the others as the story goes. Do we find out how they're connected? Does Marcellus survive? Let's find out. Okay, so this is our second novel on pod where one of the main characters is a human. First was an alien with Project Hail Mary. Mm. What do you think of Parts of this novel being told from the point of view of an octopus. This octopus was pretentious as fuck. Why do I feel like he was always judging me? He was totally judging. I, the voice of the octopus was done by Michael Yuri, and he was perfect in my opinion. I don't know who that is, but I'll look it up later. But um, I, I just thought the octopus was like a great connector yeah but it was also for me the part of this book that became problematic like oh really yeah i i think you have a question about uh the connections mm -hmm. in your notes i do i just think that it was too easy oh like you just feel like it was just too molly get it over. Are, you, are we really are we really supposed really? to believe we really supposed to believe that he found keys in the ocean and remembered that the same key pattern. Maybe. Hey, you don't know. You don't know. Are you in, wait, what, what is it that studies marine bio, a marine biologist? <laughs> like I was trying to think an octopusologist. Like that's not a thing, right? There's probably a name for somebody who only studies. Who's, I'm looking it up. People who study. Octopuses? This book said octopuses, but I always thought it was octopi. I thought it was too. It's probably. Okay. I'm going to put this in the thing. Cause there's no way I'm going to be able to say this. You're definitely going to be able to say it though. Oh, great. No pressure. Anything. It's by the way, I need to get my hair colored. It is super blonde right now. And Tom says, I am not a good blonde. He says I'm too smart to be a blonde. There are smart blondes. So, uh, so, no, I'm not doing that. It's not showing up in the chat. This is a significant waste of time. It is definitely. Anyways, we're going to move on. We're going <laughs> to fucking move on. It doesn't fucking matter. So you just didn't like, okay. Did you not like 
the octopus being the connector or you didn't like the octopus as a story as a plot point i don't mind the octopus being in the story and i don't even mind him being kind of a connector i don't mind that he figured out i'm gonna spoil things i don't mind that he figured out the relatives really he was the one that really bugged bugged me like really we're saying that he saw felt those ridges on those keys and knew that they were the same ridges and that's why he kept telvas i mean Tulvas? octopuses are octopi are like really really smart like we, but that's been smart proven. molly i don't know why are we not ruled by octopi overlords then because they can't be out of the water very long they would find a motherfucking way they don't have opposable thumbs he didn't need them. <laughs> he didn't need them. That's true. Um, did you do the audiobook or did you do the... I did the audiobook for the whole thing. I did check out the book from my local library, Support mm -hmm. Local Libraries. Support Local Libraries, um, And what I really love, if you see the physical copy, um, Marcellus's part uh, starts with day whatever of captivity that he's in, mm -hmm. and it always has a cute little octopus doodle up here at the top. Oh, the squiggles. So I want an octopus. Can I have there's... a pet octopus, please? No, but if you cannot, but if they do make a movie of this, do you know who should play the octopus? Brandon Yuri. He did a great voice on this. All right, fine. He can Michael Yuri. Sorry, Brandon Yuri's from <laughs> Brandon Yuri's from Panic at the Disco. <laughs> Michael right, Yuri's from uh, Ugly Betty. <laughs> Big difference. That. I just really liked it when um oh my gosh. Who's the Toba? Guy no. Cap. Who's Cap? Oh, Nathan Fillion? Yeah, when he was the octopus on a resident alien. I mean, he was an excellent octopus. He did a pretentious octopus voice very well as well. He did. I mean, he does pretentious well. Yeah. Our captain. This is a book talk book. And it is different from the others we've gotten from book talk. Mm -hmm. I was surprised by it. Were you? Based on the things that other people post about on book talk, this book is too smart to be on book talk. I agree. Like, this just... This, is a this book isn't book people. talk. This is this is a smart person book. I say this all the time. There are mm -hmm. books that are smart people books that make me feel intimidated. Mm -hmm. And I text you, like, when books intimidate me, you're the first person I go to. I'm like, April, I'm not smart enough for this. And you're the first person this, to tell me, shut up. I course. think this book is like The Emperor's New Clothes. Mm. Everyone is afraid to admit that they didn't like it. I liked it a lot, actually. It was okay. I don't get the hype. I think but, I gave it a three out of five. I just thought it was okay. But again, what I told you when I was texting, I go either I'm going to think about this book for the rest of my life or I'm going to forget about it, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's the vibe of this book. Either it's yeah. going to sit with you forever or you're going to be like, oh yeah, I read that. It just felt too convenient to me. Mm -hmm. I just, that was the problem. I I didn't think a lot this of this, was there's a lot the of there There's a lot of coincidences here. They're uh, more than that, though. They're the, more that, than coincidences. That actually leads me to my next question. Okay. Good. This book is giving Gary Marshall vibes. You know, i.e. Mother's Day, New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, all those films where, like, all they're strangers, but somehow these strangers are all connected. Mm -hmm. They don't seem to overlap at all in this novel at first, right? We have Cameron, Tova, and Octopus. And we learn how Marcellus and... 
Tova eventually overlap, but it takes a long time for us to figure out why Cameron's in this mix. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like how the deeper we got in? What did I write? The characters at first don't seem to overlap at all. They seem to be not cohesive trail. There are no cohesive trail, but as we get deeper into the book, we can see how these threads all come together. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Did you like this? So I think one of the things I texted you when I was maybe a little more than halfway through the audiobook, I texted mm-hmm. you that I was interested to see how the characters connected. And I still stand by that. Um, even though I don't think that it was great and I don't find it believable, that that was interesting to me to see them, you know, connect. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like she... I'm going to use a turn of phrase that you used in the last episode when we talked to Addison. I think she wrote herself into a corner. Yeah. And I don't think she had a way out. And I I just, I really have a hard time believing that his mother ran away from home and then enrolled in high school. It, there are so many gaps in this story Mm -hmm. and there, the gaps are in places you wouldn't expect the gaps, Mm -hmm. right? Like, okay, I can, we didn't do a trigger warning, guys, and we definitely should have. We're going to be talking about suicide here. Mm-hmm. I'm truly sorry. From here on out, trigger warning, guys. One of the gaps I have an issue with is the death of her son. Mm-hmm. And that gap and the way she just accepts the answers she's given. She just, doesn't accept those answers. Well, she she's not fighting them. it. She doesn't believe it still, but she's not fighting it. Does that make sense? Yeah, she's but he also like, didn't kill himself. No, he, he absolutely did not kill himself. No. He fell. He 100%. drowned. He drowned. And his, you know, and my theory, like she said, is that, you know, the girl was in the boat with him. She freaked out, left him, the, and just left, right? Mm-hmm. He he was, uh, it was a tragic accident. Yep. But the fact that She's like, eh, that's the answer. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I don't accept that. Like, that's not, I, as a mom, that's not how I feel. You know what I mean? I, I, I disagree with you that she accepted it because every single day. No, I mean, it's she the got end. off of work, she went to the dock where he died and sat there with him. Right. The ghost of him, essentially. Well, I mean, at the end, though, like. Once she got Cameron and kind of pieced the story together, she was just like, okay, I'm going to accept that answer. He didn't kill himself. And it was just, I don't know. It was weird for me. I don't Um, know how to explain it. I just finished a book I really enjoyed, and I am currently almost finished with another book that I'm really enjoying. And what it has reminded me of is how much it is hard for me to read two books back to back that I don't love. Yeah. That's where we are right now. We've had a lot of books this season that I have not loved. Yeah. Um, and so we're spreading our wings though. We're trying different stuff. We're yeah. Yeah. And that's always going to happen when we do spooky season. Cause it's not mm-hmm. my favorite genre, but I did no. like a couple of the books from there. Um, but Right now, I mean, I just finished another another Olivia Dade, and I did a Get Ready With Me video on TikTok mm-hmm. if you want me to share with you my feelings on Olivia Dade. 
Um, and I'm almost finished with fourth wing and I'm enjoying both of them. Yeah. And coming off of this book where I was just kind of like, eh. yeah. Eh. Oh yeah. You know, I know. I know. The, and the, it's we, not bad. It's not bad. It's well written. It is. I, I don't believe the connections, which isn't because the writing is bad. I just find it to be too convenient. I think she wrote herself into a corner. But I just didn't like it. It was just okay. Oh, I liked it more than just okay. I, it's like a solid four for me. No. It's okay. The Nitwits are a big part of Toba's life since the passing of her husband. Love their She's, name. Huh? The love Nitwits. Their name. She seems in the book to love them, but also very irritated by them. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of the gaggle of aunties and Crazy Rich Agent, the elderly mother characters that meddle in each other's business. Is this a trope? Is it overdone? What did you think? Oh, the Nitwits were 100%. The Golden Girls minus the house. Yep. And Tova is 100%. Um, Blanche? No, not Blanche. No. B. Uh, Arthur's character? Yes. I can't think of her name right now. I'm looking. Oh, man. People are going to really hate us that we forgot this. I know. Hold on. Dorothy. 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 100% Dorothy. She's 100%. And she's like, I'm a Dorothy. Are you sure Dorothy is right? Yeah, Dorothy. Okay. Dorothy That's... is B. Arthur, isn't she? She was... Dorothy. Dorothy? Rose. Rose. That's I was thinking of um, Betty White's character. Betty and I thought White's for some reason her name was Dorothy. But yeah, she's 100% Dorothy. She's mm -hmm. like to the point with her friends where she's like, I have to tolerate them and I love them, but fuck all. Right? That's like, I have made it this far in life with you bitches. You piss me off, but mm -hmm. I'm not trying to find new people. By they now. also baby her because she's grieving. Um, I mean, she's been grieving a long time. A long time. But a she has new time. grief because her husband recently died and then her brother dies at the start of the book. And so they baby her and I, that woman does not need to be babied. She can clean the entire motherfucking aquarium by she herself. She is so strong. Better than the young kids. And she saves octopuses. There is a special type of person that has zero fear when it comes to wild animals. I am not that person. I'm your girl. That I will absolutely. I will absolutely die being by, mauled by a bear. That uh, is your ADHD because you forget right? that you have to be. You have to be cautious. You're like and oh. careful and yeah. The com yeah. there is conversation about friendship in this book. Tova mm -hmm. and the Nitwits. Tova and Marcellus. Mm -hmm. Tova and Cameron, Cameron and Ethan, Ethan and Tova. Do you think there's a bigger, big brain purpose of this in this book? Like talking about all these, having all these different types of relationships. That's the key there, Molly. I don't think it's just friendships. I think it's relationships and it's yeah. all these different layers of relationships. It is. And where you have Cameron, who's kind of untethered, right? Yeah. The I mean, he's kind of like he's... Ethan's son. He's kind of like Tova's grandkid. He's just yeah. floating. The only person that he's really tethered to is his aunt, who 
bangs everyone in the trailer park and is high all the time. And his living the life, man, living the life. (laughs) His two best friends have really more severed from him because they're in a relationship and married and about to have a kid. But this author did something I love: a female male best friend. Mm -hmm. Fucking love that shit. Yeah, Um, his girlfriend's just broken up with him. Like he's really untethered. Yeah. Um, so you get that relationship and then you get Tova who has so many tethers, but yeah. recognizes like none of them. But Tova just wants to take scissors, man. Because well, the relationship she wants is not something she can have. No. In the mirroring, the, the, the opposites mirroring of Tova and Cameron's life is so big in this, right? Because mm-hmm. while Tova's trying to cut all her strings, she's trying to detach yourself mm-hmm. he camera's just trying to find one place where he can tie right. a rope and just right. be stable and it, he needs an anchor point he needs it and the the cut anchor what a fucking symbol in this book mm-hmm. right agreed what a symbol and that's what i mean about it being a smart book and it not being bad writing like that is all really deep shit it's just we're missing the personality the character that have, had the most personality in this book was the motherfucking octopus. That's where all the personality in this book was. Mm-hmm. Um, Cameron's life sucks. Like, capital mm-hmm. S-U-C-K-S sucks. Or yeah, so he he's, thinks. He's default for a lot of it. Yeah. So he thinks. Though the man is 30 and bitching about how life sucks, he can't hold a job and he mm-hmm. decides to go find his dad who he thinks is a wealthy builder, you know, because mm-hmm. that's how mature people handle things. Um, did the author beat the shit, uh, beat the shitty child tree too much here? Did the author lead you part in this trope? 100%. I, 100%. As a kid with a shitty childhood, I hate when people use it as an excuse. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Cameron is 100%. I mean, I've dated guys like Cameron. Who hasn't dated guys like Cameron? Who mm-hmm. use the excuse of their childhood as a crutch for all their bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know how else she would wrote him, though. Do you? I mean, yeah. Because you could have had... Uh, a Randall Pearson situation mm. where his adopted dad dies. He's raised by white parents. He was a, basically abandoned and left at a fire yeah. station and blah, blah, blah. And then you get him growing up. And in spite of all of that, he's goes to seek out his dad to basically tell him, this is what I did without you. I didn't Cameron doesn't have you. a, this is what I did without you. He no. just, kept fucking up yeah and i don't and and to me he's too old mm-hmm. i i understand this, how, this character needed to be five to six years younger yeah i understand how that timeline wouldn't have worked with the fact that Ova's son died that's the bell for me here like yeah. he's written to he's written 23 mm-hmm. but he's not right Tova didn't need to be as old as she is and he didn't need to be as young or as old as he is either. You could have pushed back their ages a little bit and the timeline and story would have still worked with him being Tova's grandson. Um, But again, wrote herself into a corner. Then there's several instances of that. 
Yeah. Do you know the um the comedian Taylor Tomlinson? Tom Tomlinson? Yes. She just recently got the night the late late show or whatever. Yeah. After Um, she has she literally turned thirty like a week ago or something. And she just she has this joke about how you have to fix your shit in your twenties because if you wait until your thirties, they're no longer problems, they're your personality. Yes. That's what Cameron is. Cameron's problems are now his personality. Personality. 100%. 100%. Like, mm-hmm. he's not going to do that full turnaround. And the fact that her husband died, like, of cancer, like, that can happen at any age. The, the, the just the ages, it didn't work. It didn't. It didn't. Um, Soul Bay is painted as a small town where everyone is in everyone's business. While I feel like this is a cliche, we keep hitting, but does it work in this novel? We saw it a lot in Spooky Season, but it's different for me than Spooky Season. It's different because it's not just a small town. It's a small tourist town. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's where you get the difference. This one felt know. more Gilmore's. Okay, we keep, this is, we keep getting everyone's in everyone's business. Everyone's in everyone's business. But the only point of views we get Ethan, Tova, Nitwits. It's not mm-hmm. like we're getting all these outside conversations, right. you know? Right. If maybe we heard townsfolk jabbering, so maybe, but right. what do you think? Probably. Let's talk I'm about octopuses. a really great opti- like optimistic discussion today, aren't we? That's all right. Let's talk about octopuses, specifically the Great Pacific in this book. There is one named Marcellus, and he, well, he is one of the main narrators. And we have kind of talked about this already, but these creatures are, like, stupid smart. So when Tova finds him out, it wasn't a surprise to me. Mm -mm. What surprised me was him being the driving point of the plot. What did you think of him constantly trying to put together Tova and Cameron? I mean, it's fine. I want to know why he, I want to know why he craved fried rice. Right. Like. Why was that the scent that made him want to eat his. Salt? Maybe? I guess. I just thought that was weird. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of weird shit in this book. I. What? Here's the thing. I want to be mad at the fact that the animal is trying to connect them, but we have this trope a lot. Mm-hmm. The thing that makes it different this time is that the animal is not like their dog. It's yeah. an octopus. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess it's different. I don't know. I feel like at this point I can change my rating. Like, I feel like I'm more crapping on this book than I am like talking about the points that I liked. Okay. I maybe need to read my review again. Okay. I want to talk about Ethan. Was he necessary for the storyline? I liked him being, I liked him too. I thought that he was a fun addition that like, I don't understand why he was Irish, but I thought it was a fun addition. I thought he was Scottish. Was he Scottish? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm certain he was Scottish. I thought he was. That's possible. I don't know. I actually said in my review, 
I thought the story was sweet and incredibly well written, just not totally my cup of tea. Would recommend to others, but likely not read again. So yeah, that sounds about right. And I mentioned that I thought it was far fetched the connection. So well, I guess I've beaten that dead horse already. <laughs> we actually learned about more about the tragedy of Toba and Cameron's life. Mm -hmm. From the characters who are not there. Did you think this is a good way to tell the story? Would first person account been better? Um, I'm okay with the third person. I am not okay with the fact that Ethan figures it out and doesn't tell either of them. Yeah. Like the octopus can't tell them. And he's still trying harder. He's trying harder than Ethan man. was. Right. Ethan told the stock boy. Ethan told the stock boy before he told anyone else. That's what made me mad about him. Like, he obviously wasn't a good fit for Tova if he goes, oh, you know who I should tell this information to? The stock but boy. He ends up with her. Fuck boys, fine fuck boys, man. Um, well, she bought him a t-shirt, so. Right. A $2,000 t-shirt. I'm not buying, I love you. I'm not buying you a $2,000 t-shirt. No. Part of the plot that isn't clear for me is Cameron's mom and her timeline. I'm not sure if the, we, the readers, are getting the full story or if it's just not here. Cameron's mom is registered for high school at Silwall Bay in the 80s. This mm -hmm. is after where she, running away. She goes after to running away from home. This is where she meets Tova's son and they have a secret relationship. But due to the lack of firsthand information, we we are building the story from Tova and Cameron's point of view. Did any of it make sense to you? I think the story is better built from the guy who is her best friend, who he thinks Briggs. was yeah. his dad, but is not his dad. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it doesn't make sense that she ran away from home and registered herself in high school. I'm who wondering if we're missing a girl. Is she a Cullen? Because, like, her, to the aunt that raised him mm -hmm. wasn't his, her full sister, it was her half-sister. So, she? yeah, that's what they say in the book. Hmm. So I'm wondering if she ran off to be with a different set of family that's in Soul Bay that he just doesn't fucking know about. Her aunt went and drug her home. It's so weird. It's just, we're not getting the full story. Why? Yeah, there's, Why? No, there's no kid that's running away from California to the Pacific Northwest and enrolling themselves in high school. Mm -hmm. so Unless they're a vampire. Right. And I mean, Washington State's the perfect place for a vampire. Right. We learned this. Yeah, Stephanie Myers this. told us so. That's yes. why they all live in Forks. Right. Or Alaska. Uh, <laughs> what, we never really learn what happens from Cameron's mom. Right. They just assume. Honestly, does it matter? Tova and Cameron get their happy endings and... Found family trope is fulfilled. I do they think that's what they need. I do think we are missing that conclusion where she comes back and she's clean and sober and she tells everybody what happened. Yeah. I think. And she gets to be a part of the family too. A postscript, a six months later, a, mm -hmm. or, you know, two years later. I guess later. that also feels too convenient as well. Well, I mean, Toba's got enough money. Hire a fucking pirate dick, man. It's just always call them private investigators. It's private dick. 
Okay, so last question. Molly wants an octopus. Final thoughts, April Goodread. It's numbered. It's, not a it's question. a question. It's numbered. It's a question. Fine. Molly final. Molly wants an octopus. Final <laughs> thoughts. April Goodreads. Well, Is that I, better? I gave it a three. Um, so it's not my favorite. Um it's one I'm probably gonna forget about. I find it to be forgettable. But with that said, it's different than any other book I read this year. It is different. It so, is a hundred percent different than any that. other book. I and it's us picking something that's not either of our preferred genre. No, this definitely falls in literature, right? Fiction, yeah, yeah. This is a literature book. Like it is, and we don't read that often. No, it's brainy. Book. I disagree that tick that this is should be a TikTok book though. This is not what I... people TikTok people book talk is Watch basically just porn. There's porn. That's fine. Bitches, read your porn. Have fun I know waters. it's fine, but I'm just saying this book is near porn to be found. <laughs> a zero titties. <laughs> zero penises in this book. We don't even get octopus foreplay. He's not even sure how he does it. He actually right. says that in this book. Right. He goes, I don't even know how I would procreate if I had the chance. Right. <laughs> No, no sex at all. He was my favorite part of this book. It's the only reason I would reread this book just to hear Marcellus again. I wouldn't reread it, but he was obviously my favorite part too. How about we talk about next week? Sure. Next week, we are reading... Finally! Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaris. You fuckers can leave us alone now. We're reading it. We're reading it. We're reading it. Shut up. And you started today... I did start today. I'm I am several chapters in already. 328 pages into this book. I have about I really 18 wanted to hours left today. on the audiobook, I think. You what? I think I have about 18 hours left on the audiobook. I Okay, I really wanted to finish it today. It looks like I have Oh no, 19 hours and 70 pages left. I probably can't finish it today cuz it's kind of late. I'm in the middle of chapter 3. And I have 18 hours and 8 minutes left. So we will definitely talk about it next week. And I already have rearranged my bookshelf to make it a top shelf book. Of course you did. And the the sequel is behind me. Mm -hmm. Um, I am going to say one thing, though. For those of us that are coming from book talk, we don't get book tattoos, guys, until the series is done. And I see y'all out there on Book Talk getting these tattoos already. Yeah. Talk to the early gang of Twilight tattooers. There's a woman that has a full Twilight mural on her back. Let's remember that when we're getting tattoos, friends. I am concerned because the last time that I read a book series before it was entirely out... The first mm-hmm. book was amazing and I was hooked. And then the rest of the series sucked. And it was oh, a four no. book series. Which book was it? Oh, uh, Divergent? Red Queen. Oh, well, Red Queen. No, all of the Divergent books were out when I started them. Oh. Um, and Divergent, the first book was good. The second book was terrible. The third book was okay. I actually really liked the ending of that series, which I know is I didn't even read the last two books. Oh, well... I- Everyone 
can I spoil it for you, Molly? There's yeah. been so many people that have read it. So Tess actually dies at the end of the third book. Right. And a lot of people are like upset about that, but I actually, unpopular opinion, think that was the right choice. That was what Tess would have done. She sacrificed herself for her brother. I mean, and- if that's how the book, it, that's the way it was written. Yeah. Like if that's <laughs> the direction it was written. There are a lot of things that authors do that I don't agree with. And that's the way it was written. Like vampires do not have sperm. ADHD. Get your shit together. I'm going to take my toys away from you. Um, So so I am a little nervous about investing in a book series. I am as well. Red Queen let me down. Red Queen let me down. I'm really getting into it and I don't want to be disappointed. I am surprised you are because I was a little weary because you like fantasy, but you like fantasy that's paranormal. I like fantasy fantasy that is character driven, not. I like fantasy that's character driven, not area driven. So like, for example, let's use Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is story driven, not character driven. Right? Lord of the Rings is not about Frodo. Oh, God. What's the face? It's about, like, getting the ring to Sodor. Right? So, I don't like that. I don't like, like, all the world built. You can't the author who built a world so complex that he literally invented a language. And that's what compare as a book that doesn't use world building but use character driven? Are you fucking kidding me? I couldn't think of anything else. I That's not the one else. you pick, girl. That's okay, not give it. Give me something else that's world building. Okay, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was built on world building before it was built on character building. I, I would say your favorite book series is that way. Discovery of Witches. That was character driven. Exactly. That, but I prefer character. I prefer. That's what you driven. were saying. That's what you were saying. No, I'm saying I prefer character was. driven. I say I prefer character driven over world driven. I know driven. that you said Lord of the Rings was character driven. No, it's I mean not. it's world driven. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about world building next week because I have thoughts on how she built out this world. Um, and so on that note, I think we're done. I are done. This is a short episode. It is. We didn't. Was I too? Was I too bratty? Was that the problem? No. No. We just didn't have much to talk about this book. Like the the story. I would because it's so long. But but there wasn't. We're just gonna go because there's no point. There's no point. (laughs) I just don't know. I don't don't either. We'll talk to you later, fuckers. Molly. Bye. Bye, besties. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of April and Molly and not those of anyone else. Today's book was Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow the book besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the book besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or visit our website, bookbestiespodcast.com. Until next time, besties, get lost in your favorite book.